Step into HR success with AIM HR Solutions. As your trusted partner, we are here to empower you on your HR journey, whether your team is small, in transition, or simply seeking extra support. Introducing our dynamic contract HR services, designed to bring ease and efficiency to your operations. Imagine the peace of mind knowing you have a dedicated partner handling compliance, employee relations, and so much more. Let AIMHR Solutions be your guiding light toward HR success. Visit AIMHRSolutions.com for more information. Welcome to Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR. From AIM HR Solutions on True Story FM, I'm Pete Wright, and this week we're talking all about stress. If there's any gift to the last two years, it might just be a new sort of relationship between employees and their employers. Today on the show, we're talking about the evolution of mental health in the workplace, the changing expectations of employers and employees about stress at work, and why strengthening the mind muscle might just be next on your exercise plan. Jen Moff, our VP of Learning and Development, joins me to talk about all that and shares her favorite tech for relaxing at home, on the road, maybe even at work. Good morning, Jen Moff. Good morning, It's so good Pete. to talk to you this fine season two of the show. Yes, it's, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. Uh, <laughs> we're, you're here to talk about uh, stress at, at work. And and I believe you were the one who inspired this conversation. Are you stressed at work? Is that the problem? Do we need to have a, is this an intervention? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to ask for help, Pete. <laughs> um, yes, I did inspire it. Not not in the way that we're, we're joshing around about, but this is an area that I adore. Not saying I adore being stressed, but I think it's such a, powerful and important topic that doesn't get nearly the attention it deserves. So I'm glad to be here talking about it. Yeah, me too. Let's start with the big the big B word, shall we? Let's talk about burnout. All right. You said it. Burnout. Yeah. We've all what been is going there. on with burnout at, at work right now? Are you see are you is this the sort of thing that you can you can trend? Are people more burned out now than they have been in the past? I think what we tend to see with burnout is people don't realize it's here until it's here. Yeah. Because it's not something we're educated about on how to identify what the precursors are for it. And so all of a sudden when it, it starts trending in the zeitgeist, it's it's a big topic to discuss. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, what we can also notice is it's always been present. But there's certain things that are happening currently or finished happening previously that have amplified this topic. Should we put a name to those things? <laughs> All right. If, you, if, you, if you're ready, I will. I, I think I'm the pandemic ready. did a little yeah. number on us. Yeah, I think it did. And I think that's the, that, that to me is the central question to how, how, you know, how we're dealing with burnout and how our relationship with burnout has changed. Uh, totally. Because our relationship with work has changed. Our relationship oh, yes. with employment has changed. Yes. As a result of the last two years. And I'm mm -hmm. interested in how you see that uh, manifesting. Yeah, I think, you know, if we go back, if we if we hop in our DeLoreans and go back a couple of years to 2020, 
there was an incredible immediate stress that came in the first quarter of the year mm-hmm. because of the lot of unknowns. And that's a, a different kind of stressor. But then there's the season that we went into probably about summertime of 2020 up until maybe last winter where it was this ongoing uncertainty, but it was the what we called new normal, <laughs> using some air quotes over yeah, here. heavy air quotes, right? And... <laughs> When we saw certain things become possible due to the evolution of the vaccine um, and of the virus itself, we've begun to change some of our habits. And in the process of that, we didn't think to how that was going to impact our own stressors, right? Mm -hmm. And if we're not building our own emotional intelligence muscle to determine how self-aware we are to know what stresses us out on an individual level. We aren't going to be able to manage that. We aren't going to be able to advocate for ourselves. And so that's when we end up in this, oh my gosh, I'm overstressed and here I am in burnout land. How did I end up getting here? I just know I have I have no energy for anything. I don't care about anything. I'm just trying to survive. And that kind of energy to be in is not sustainable. I, I'm going to add one thing to that, and I, I just want to see your reaction to it. Okay, I'm the, ready. The pandemic, <laughs> uh, you know, cha- it, we went through several phases with the pandemic, right? The first one was we all have to go home and stop working, and there's a lot of fear that goes into that change. And then there is, how long am I going to be able to stay at work? Can I get everything done? There's a lot of fear go- that goes in with adapting mm-hmm. to that. And then everybody gets used to kind of working at home. If their job allows them to work at home, they can work at yes. home. Where we are right now is the fear of back to work. There's a lot of Mm. excitement, I think, for some people, but there's also a lot of uh, anxiety around Mm -hmm. what it means to go back to work. Do I have to go back to work? Can I go back to work? We're seeing story after story of employee groups coming together and saying, we don't like your back to work plan. We're doing fine right now. (laughs) And so I would add the fear again of this next big change that that is coming mm-hmm. really coming back to work how does fear play into burnout oh i love this um there's like a beautiful tension between these two things in my mind and i, I tend to look at things with a lens of curiosity and like childlike wonder so i i say that acknowledging that that may not be everybody's kind of approach here mm-hmm. but i love how we can kind of dissect how fear or what fear can represent um, be a catalyst for action or inaction. So in the situation that we're in right now, I've got a couple of different stories that I could pull from, from different, you know, things that I've read or people that I've spoken to. Um, People have been doing either like completely remote or some sort of hybrid environment. And there's new things that we're learning that people care about that they just didn't previously have the opportunity to be aware of for themselves, things that they value, things that are important to them. And so now that this new awareness is here and it's potentially going to be taken away, like, all right, time to get back to back to the way things were, get into the office every day. People aren't ready to just kind of let go of, of things that they, they've appreciated as a byproduct of this in conjunction with the unknowns of what happens then. 
am I going to get some variant of COVID? Am I going to spread it somewhere? Is the old norms going to continue and I'm going to feel the way I did pre-COVID? I don't want to get back to that headspace. Mm -hmm. So they might have been in a burnout before COVID and actually recovered in some way, but the fear of going back to it can create anxiety and stress. And that's, you know, where, where fear kind of burrows its little head in is is at that anxiety point yeah you know i i (laughs) things i've never seen on a t-shirt i sure love my open plan workspace right (laughs) like (laughs) like what is it what is it that you're excited to get back to i think is a is a is a good question after these last two years so let's Mm -hmm. talk about responsibilities and uh uh, you know on what can hr professionals and then on the other hand uh employees uh, do to help ease the transition through this fear, yeah. uncertainty? Uh, there's so much here. Um, I'm so glad that we're talking about it because the, there's also the questions like, who is responsible? I think it's it's everyone. I think we as individuals are responsible, and I think companies are also responsible too. I don't think it's a one or the other or this or that, a right or wrong thing. So on an individual level, I think it, it would behoove all of us to start building that curiosity muscle further and say, you know, what is it that I want and that I need? How can I advocate for myself? If I'm not self-aware, that's, hey, an opportunity to take an emotional intelligence training. Um that is going to give you that strength to say, oh, I know that I find these things in this environment energizing and these things in this environment exhausting. And if you can advocate for yourself, that's the the time to do it is when you know, as soon as you know, don't hold on to this information and just say, well, I know this now and I'm just hoping things are magically going to change. You have to be part of the change for yourself on an individual level. On a more global level for a company, um, even small businesses, taking an interest in your people as people, helping them feel supported as individuals, not just as, you know, labor to complete a task, but for people to feel like they're valued holistically, that's going to create the opportunity for people to advocate for themselves and, and share what they want and what they need. Um, so you have you have a responsibility as uh, a manager, either on the HR side or supervisory side, to create that environment. Um, additionally, if you aren't aware of what burnout looks like as a manager or somebody in HR, take some classes to educate yourself on how you can best recognize it in other people. As we talked about at the very beginning, neither one of us always know what what those kind of things look like. You know, it's not something that's taught. So we have to take the time to learn. And when you learn, you can be able to identify it in yourself and others and help educate other people, too. Um, There's a couple of other things. If if you're open, I think it's always important to have mental health opportunities in terms of uh, benefits and compensation packages, but also if somebody needs a mental health day. Well, I think that's yeah. the that's the next thing. You you said something there that I think really uh, resonated with me, which is if you don't know oh, yes. what burnout looks like, go mm-hmm. find out what burnout looks like. Help yourself, mm-hmm. help your people by being able to recognize it. And it can be very difficult because burnout to, to me is like a lenticular postcard of emotions. You look at somebody from one angle and they look great. Mm-hmm. They their reporting is great. They're on time. Their numbers are looking good. Whatever your measure is for success, 
but you move 45 degrees and suddenly, you know, you see somebody whose hair is on fire. And so being able to see through that is incredibly challenging. Once you know what that is as a manager, how can you make your team, your organization, a healthy and safe place for everyone? It reminds me of some of those uh, optical illusions that you're talking about. Like from this point of view, you see one thing and you walk around and face it from 45 degrees. Um, Another point of view, it's something else. And and that happens a lot, you know, burnout aside, pandemic aside, people with um, challenges around anxiety and depression. There's definitely individuals that have um, a way of showing up that looks very much like they have it all together all the time. And those are kind of um, high performing individuals. So the saying goes, and you can see that with burnout, too. So. If we're not paying attention, if we are not educating ourselves and investing in our people by spending time with them, just talking, and if you don't do it enough to notice trends in variation of behavior, you're, you're not going to see those, those differences. How do you, is it possible to stop burnout before it begins? Have you, have you ever not been burnt out at a job in your career? Me personally? Hmm. Let me think. I mean, there's there's different seasons of my life where I've done lots of different things. Mm-hmm. I could talk to you for an hour about just random jobs that I've had over the course of my career. And I've learned that when I'm doing things that I know energize me, meaning I go into a job with that self-awareness to say, you know what, this kind of work energizes me and I'm I'm not necessarily saying hold out, quote unquote, but if I know when I'm going to apply for jobs, this is a good fit for me, I'm less likely going to end up in that burnout space. Same thing if I know what I need from a manager, from a supervisor, from a company, goes back to that self-awareness piece. If I don't have those things, and there's been times that I didn't, I ended up working in environments and for people and doing things that just zapped me. By the end of the day, I can remember... I'll tell you a good story. So I used to work in um, performance and theater, and I had a job in the summer in the hills of North Carolina. And Ah, I just desperately, (laughs) yes, (laughs) I just desperately wanted to get a job um, in that industry because it is very competitive. So I took it. I didn't care. I loved the work, but I didn't care about the environment, about the people I'd be working with. And unfortunately, the person that I directly reported to was an incredibly stress-inducing person for me. And I can remember the first month that I was there, I cried myself to sleep every night and I thought about leaving. Um, And it was a great learning opportunity for me. It was an awful immediate experience, but I've learned so much from that. So a great tool is to reflect back on your own work history. Identify the, the jobs in terms of task um, and responsibility that energized you and that didn't. Look at the different managers and supervisors you've had and identify, okay, who, who are my favorites? What qualities do they have? What things do I need from a boss? Um, same thing with the companies, like looking at these things so you can really determine for yourself as an individual, am I in the best place for me? And hopefully you are. Right. I, I really are. like that. I love that approach because humans are are organisms that respond to patterns. If mm-hmm. you intentionally look at your history, you'll see patterns of, mm-hmm. of you know, roles that you've loved and roles that you haven't. 
and and be able to look for those in the future. Look for the good ones in the future. Um, yes. It, what about on the HR side? What, how can um, the HR professionals help their employees? I'm thinking about things like, you know, um, uh, adapting organizational schedules and work periods. Like what are those what are the kinds of tools, the levers that HR can pull? Totally. I think from from an HR perspective, it's also about partnering with your your managers and making sure that the managers are clear on what is within their uh, power and and opportunity to control and implement. Um, for example, I've I've also worked at companies where the management was very empowered to support their staff, and other ones that weren't, and it rolled up to fear from what HR would or would not do or what the company would or would not allow. So we we have to start kind of in that place is where's the empowerment living to help support the workforce? Um, and that starts with HR helping their their managers. So having conversations with them about what opportunities uh, are available. So in terms of EAP, uh, we've talked in a previous season with Tom about those um, fantastic resources. Um, also, I think we're going to be talking a little bit soon in a future episode, uh, spoiler alert, about um <laughs> some other hybrid types of work environments. And we've talked previously about flexibility in the workplace. Mm -hmm. So how you create a culture of focus on supporting your team. I found that companies and HR departments that focus on really taking good care of the employees end up having amazing customer relationships too. But when you focus more on the customer and sacrifice your workforce, that's when resentment can build. And that also is another kind of seed that wiggles its way into the earth and can breed burnout. So let's talk about the let's talk about the the sort of immediate tools. We talk about responsibility for managing and and attending to your own mental health. What are the tools you count on at the individual level? You said you had some tech tips. Uh, mm. Some tech tips and solutions that can help you. Uh, what do you count on? So some things that I love is really looking at my calendar and being very, very intentional with my time. So I know the way that my brain kind of works is I do better when I group certain types of activities together on my schedule. So um, years ago, what I ended up doing was something that was a big disservice. And I kind of jumped all over the place on my calendar. And I'd have to jump from this kind of thing, a meeting, for example, to a podcast uh, recording to working with a client to like, so it, those things use different parts of your brain and require different en energy. So if you can group together um, similar types of activities so that you can ride the momentum of that part of your brain being used, that's going to be really helpful. So really being intentional with your calendar. One of those things that I do is basically say on certain days of the week, I only do creative work. Other days of the week, this is when I do um, coaching calls with clients. Other days is when I do training. So that really helps me manage my energy um, and that's a, a way that I've helped me, myself be more autonomous, too, and not need to constantly be in reactive mode. I, I have a comment. I, just a question on this idea of, of blocking or gating your time like this. Go for it. I might say, you know, we have this, uh, uh, the mythical manufacturing organization that we've created for the show. Of uh, I might say, <laughs> you know what, uh, Jen, I, I think that's all well and good. But mm -hmm. 
I'm the kind of person that has no luxury to be able to gate my time like that. 100%. I have, I have to go just do the do the work during the work hours, and it doesn't mm-hmm. ever stop. Uh, how do I keep my head straight in 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 that context? I think that's a fantastic point, and I'm so glad you you brought that up. Not everybody has the luxury, and I I get that. I'm very aware of that. So we have to think about the getting creative where we are. So in those environments, sometimes what I see people do is not take their breaks or not take their lunch. Or when they are doing those things, they're trying to multitask or do other things. And again, occupying headspace when they just need to be focusing on one thing. So please, at the very minimum, take your breaks. Take your allotted time for yourself. Give yourself during that time time away from whatever environment or activity it is that you are working on regularly. Take your lunch. Take your full lunch break. Don't multitask if you can help it. Really allow yourself to be present, disengage from whatever activities you are doing. I, I'll be honest. I've I've worked and eaten at the same time. It's not ideal, but I know if I'm doing it, plenty of people out there are doing that. Um, Getting outside on a break is also going to be incredibly helpful. The value of just getting like a minute of sunlight a day, the vitamin D is so good for your brain and your mood boosters. I have on my schedule to go walking for 30 minutes each day in the middle of my day, especially after I do training sessions. So strategically, if you can, put your breaks around when you know that you're going to need them the most, if you have that opportunity. Another thing you can think about is if it's if it's possible for you to talk with um, your manager or work with your manager on how you can best optimize your schedule. And that goes back to that flexibility mm-hmm. uh, podcast episode we talked about previously. So maybe it means you could have a different start and end time to your day that works more for you. Or maybe you work... Um, four tens during the week instead of five days a week. So having conversations to advocate for yourself and see what's possible is important regardless of work environment. Uh, Two things stick out to me uh, there. Number one is the importance of gating your time, uh, not just at work, right? This whole idea of working four tens, for example, Mm -hmm. is to protect time on this odd fifth day Mm-hmm. To to be with yourself, right? To mm-hmm. do something that that maybe that's a creative day for you, right? Yes. Maybe you're an aspiring writer. Maybe you write or hike or whatever totally. it is to protect yourself there. The other thing I just want to amplify uh, the the role of food in mm. mental health is not insignificant. And if you yes. are not fueling yourself at regular intervals throughout the day on a day when you're feeling low, then you may be doing yourself an extended disservice. So that mindful, the, the whole idea of taking your full lunch and mindfully fueling yourself that way, I think mm-hmm. that is that is super important. And I, I really resonate with that. Same. What else? So what else was on your list? I feel like I interrupted you like 10 minutes ago. And uh, <laughs> now we're coming back around. Well, let's be honest, Pete, we could probably talk for like an hour on this. Subject, we're really so. good. We really good. <laughs> um, there's also some other tools, like if you have trouble focusing, because maybe you have a lot on your plate, and that can also add to the stress of just day to day. Um, I love a tool called brain.fm. 
It's a website. Yes. It does not have an app, but I got introduced to them years and years ago when they were first starting out. Highly recommend the tool. It's um, a service that you can listen to. It has different types of audios depending on what you're trying to accomplish. If you want to relax, if you want to sleep, if you want to focus. And then they drill down a little bit further. So say you want to focus. Is this like a creative session or is this diving deep into something else that you need to have like really intense focus on? Um, and this is all designed by, and forgive me because I'm, I'm no scientist, but uh, I can recall, and if you go to the website and read about them, it's a very scientifically built algorithm. Uh, they do not use binaural beats or anything of that nature, but it is incredibly helpful for me when I'm finding myself feeling scattered and overwhelmed. I can put that on and listen to the focus music. And within 10 minutes, I'm just like knee deep in whatever it is that I'm working on, not thinking about anything else, which can be really, really helpful when you're feeling that stress and anxiety about deadlines and all the other things in your personal life that are looming too. I find it, I, I don't, again, I also am not a neuroscientist, but I do <laughs> find maybe it's, I, I'm perfectly happy to lean in on the placebo effect. It, maybe it, there's nothing to it at all, but when I use it, I feel more productive and maybe that's all that matters, right? Yeah, it's, it's not about how you get there. It's no. about the end. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's exactly right. Well, we'll put the link to Brain FM in the show notes. I think you can find it easy enough. Brain.fm. It's a super, super useful tool uh, and uh, uh, worth checking out. There are a number of them. This is one of, of several in the space yes. that, uh, that we really like. So, uh, Any other last uh, big hits before we wrap it up today? I think my final thoughts on the subject, and this, this is for whomever needs to hear this, you can recover from burnout. It takes time and intentionality. You deserve to feel energized by the work that you do and excited to go to work every day. And it is possible. I love it. We'll leave it right there. Jim Moff, you're fantastic. VP of Learning and Development, AMHR Solutions. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Thank you for having me, Pete. And thank you, all of you, for downloading and listening to this show. You can always find the links and notes for the show at amhrsolutions.com. You can listen to the show right there on the website or subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else fine podcasts are served. Don't forget the best way you could help support us if you love this show is to recommend it to a friend or colleague. Thanks, everybody. See you next week right back here on Human Solutions, simplifying HR for people who love HR. <laughs>